0: Welcome to WTS Waikato, season two. It's a radio show and podcast about the goings-on in our region under the new normal. I'm producer Gary Farrow. Books for Less NZ is a New Zealand-based online second-hand bookstore with new books uploaded weekly. It makes reading accessible, cost-effective and sustainable. All products are shipped in eco-friendly packaging and the story of the business owner who lives in Kerikereroa Hamilton is even more interesting.
1: I'm Anne-Marie and I have an illness called ME-CFS, which is myalgic encephalomyelitis or more commonly known as chronic fatigue syndrome. And I've been diagnosed for a few years and it's really, really changed my life. Um, Some pretty difficult ways, but some really meaningful ways as well. Um, I've managed to adapt my life uh, which is live lar- largely at home and mostly homebound. Uh, but I've managed to adapt with the help of my husband and Akira and my mobility dog, Brody, um, to find, find something that works for me. Um, so I run a business called Books for Less, which is a secondhand bookstore, an online secondhand bookstore which has been going for the last nearly 12 months. We're about to come up to our one-year birthday. And we have a focus on making books accessible and affordable, but also keeping it sustainable. So we're really into sustainable packaging, zero waste, diverting from landfill, that sort of thing.
0: How is running a business like this, uh, there's a lot of components to it. And you have chronic fatigue syndrome, um, which I guess you could tell our listeners a bit about if you'd like.
1: So MECFS is quite a misunderstood disease. Um, it's a multi-system illness, so it affects every part of your body that you can imagine. And there's lots of technical definitions, but the easiest way to think about it is your body, your cells don't produce energy properly so you have a finite um, amount of energy and if you use that up you've used it up and it could take you days or weeks to recover um, so it requires really careful balancing they call it pacing where you pace yourself through your days and weeks to that energy envelope and only do what you can manage
0: So you'd have to be resting a whole lot, even just living your day-to-day life, let alone running a business.
1: Yes, it does require a lot of resting. I mean, it is actually really similar from what I can tell to having a brain injury. And that's one of the ways I almost think about it. You've got the extreme fatigue. One thing that a lot of people don't realize is that mental tasks can take just as much energy as physical tasks. Emotional tasks can take up energy. So you have to watch your stress levels. You have to watch even happy emotions. Um, sometimes you don't have the energy for happy emotions, which is difficult. So you've really got to live a life of balance, which is not easy. And a lot of people really struggle with it. I really struggle with it. Um, but you take the wins where you can, where you can get them. So for me one thing I really give my energy to obviously there's the business but there's also my my dog my service dog and he gives me a reason to get out of bed each day which sounds simple but he gives me a reason to manage my energy so I can get out of bed each day because it's not always possible but when I'm lying there resting and I'd much rather be doing anything else you know I can remember that I'm resting for that I'm resting um to be able to do things later. Mm,
0: so it's really planning ahead. And I suppose, um, I mean, for example, when you're having a conversation with me right now, that would be fatiguing, wouldn't it?
1: Very, yeah. A lot <laughs> of brain power. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. So what what are the, um, what involvement do you have in the running of your business? And I guess, first off, what, What inspired you to to launch a business with the particular idea of accessibility of of reading?
1: It's been a really long, long dream to run a bookstore. I think everyone that loves books has that dream. Oh, when I retire, I'll run a bookstore. Um, But I noticed a couple of years ago, even, that there wasn't that many options for buying secondhand books online. Uh, And... It didn't really hit me until I lost the ability to simply go out to a store. What that actually could mean to people. So I, one of my hobbies was always op shopping. Love op shopping. Love particularly looking through the book section. If I was on holiday, I would be going to the op shop, second-hand bookstores, and having a hunt around. And then I lost that ability and that made me realize that there are probably other people out there that lost don't have that ability, whether they're housebound like I am or they live remotely, rurally. Um, There could be a whole number of reasons. So I started to do a bit more research and discovered that there really wasn't anything out there, uh, particularly any website that didn't use a third party like Trade Me or Aid Books. You can can find it there, but it's quite difficult. So we began, we being my husband and I began brainstorming this idea for a second-hand store. The idea seemed quite feasible once we thought it through, uh, being there's the sourcing of the books, but the actual running of the business is really quite easy from home because we can book all the courier pickups from the back door. So all I have to do is package a book and put it on the doorstep and it will get picked up contactlessly by a courier. So I didn't need to leave the house any of those steps Um, and it could grow however I needed or at the pace that I, I wanted. The other side of it was that often when you're housebound and you're trying to survive, you're trying to purchase things, you're trying to live and get what you need, it's really hard to do that ethically. It's hard. You either have to compromise on price, or the packaging, or the product you get. And so I wanted to try and make something that was all-rounded so you were getting something sustainable, something ethical, you were getting it affordably, and you were getting it uh, in eco-packaging. So it ticked all the boxes. That's our goal.
0: What sort of customer base have you built up? Is it, is it gr- growing quite fast?
1: Yes, the whole thing has grown incredibly fast even the first few months were just so much bigger than we expected and I'm very lucky my husband moved to working from home so he can pick up a little bit of the work to help me out I am really pleased when I hear from the customers I've, I've had a lot of people share their health stories and say that they're in a similar position and that you know it gives them something to connect to gives them a way to pass the time. So I've had a lot of that. We've had a lot of rural customers um, say how much they appreciate it because they can't access books the same way. Even their library might not have many books, even if they they have a library. Um, We don't charge anything more for rural shipping because I don't think, well, I think that that's an access issue. If you have to pay more for rural shipping, that could mean some people can't afford it. Um, and that's an access barrier so we've had yeah a lot of great feedback from that but it's really everything from from parents to grandparents buying birthday presents for their kids to readers to people who fell out of love of reading um, to young adults it's it's really everyone it's quite amazing
0: how much um is it Is it a for-profit business? Do you make a profit from what you're doing or is it more a labour of love for you and your husband?
1: It started out as a labour of love, but we do make a little bit of profit. That was one of the other reasons of setting it up is it? it costs a lot to be chronically ill. Um, I'm on medication that's not funded, so I have to fund that out of pocket. Um, When I first started using mobility aids, I had to purchase them all myself. Um, so yes it does make a bit of money to be able to help with those costs which in turn makes it more sustainable for me because it'd be very hard to give my energy to something this big Um, but luckily I do love it as well.
0: (laughs) Mm, mm, Definitely so so your condition would be uh, under the Ministry of Health so that requires you to pay for your own mobility equipment and stuff like that whereas some people who have an accident and under acc they would have their mobility equipment funded for them so that's a little bit of a a a bit of a funny area isn't it like you know that um yeah yeah um you end up having to fund um your self-care
1: yeah definitely i'm i'm in a particularly tricky situation, I'm, I'm married, my husband earns essentially more than minimum wage, which means I don't get any financial help from the government. So setting up a business was in a way necessary as well. We needed to find some way to make a little bit more income. Um, but yes, having an illness that disables you versus an accident or injury is quite a difficult position to be in. Um, However, I did find a lovely occupational therapist last year who did get me funded for a new wheelchair. So there's good gems out there that will go and figure out how to um, get it across the line if you're not a, I guess, a normal case. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm, that's great but you have to really go searching for that don't you and you really need to work hard to 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 get benefits like that to allow you to live your life
1: yes there's a saying that having a chronic illness is a full-time job and I would completely agree with that because it is probably well more than half the energy I have is going towards managing it managing appointments managing. Um, medications, managing all the little things that go into living with something like this. Um, And, yeah, trying to find, even just trying to find the information is very, very difficult. There's no one place to find out how to be disabled or how to live like this. It's it's taken years.
0: Mm, You have to research some things to find out your actual entitlements, don't you? You, you, aren't, yeah. you aren't spoon-fed at all by, uh, by the medical specialists who, are, who may be working with you.
1: Yes. In fact, it's, it's, it's even more tricky than um, that your GP thinks your specialist is overseeing it and your specialist thinks your GP should oversee this. But, you're, yeah, it, it can be a real cycle. It takes a lot of your own research, your own educating yourself on all the different aspects. Um, luckily here in Hamilton, we have a really good support group for chronic illnesses. So a lot of what I've learned, I've learned through this support group, because you can actually say, I'm having this problem. How, how have you dealt with it? Or how did you get this medication? How did you get this support from your doctor?
0: Mm, so what are some of the support groups that you're, that you're talking about there that, that they've got in Hamilton, which have, which have worked for you?
1: There's a support group called Chronic Complex Illness Support, I think, C-C-I-S, and it's in the Waikato and Bay of Plenty, and they run education groups where we can talk about uh, different topics once a month. They run coffee groups and a great Facebook page and a newsletter and everything. So your topic might be stress or the topic might be pacing, your energy and you can learn a lot just by the collective wisdom of everyone involved in that and uh, really great coordinators of that group it used to be under MS Waikato but they've recently joined this new organization because it allows for I guess greater pooling of knowledge Um, so it's not just for any CFS but for any complex chronic illness sufferers
0: I think that's great for uh, people to know um, who are in similar situations to to yours, which is of course thousands and thousands of people in our communities. It's sort of a um, a a silent, um, yeah, uh, uh, chronic illness is a silent thing that's always humming away in the communities and there are heaps of people who can't leave their homes and we don't know about it um, you know, um, but when, when for example you managed to strike out and, and, and create this successful business that uh, is an example that um, there are people who want to have that ability to mm just actually make a contribution to the world um but it's 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 hard to find a way through that but i think your story is uh, is really helpful for people because it will be able to tell them that they are able to do that and something that they obviously love to do like it isn't all about um running a business it isn't all about society it's also about them it's also about you
1: (laughs) thank you yeah i i do think that ME CFS is very misunderstood I mean a lot of people get told they're lazy or they are depressed or they just don't want to work but it's in every single person I've talked to which is a lot it's the complete opposite we're all sitting here dying to do things the number one thing I'd love to do is go for a walk around the block but I can't um but there are so many things we can do and with the right supports we can find a way to manage them. I I wouldn't be able to run this business if I didn't have a carer that helped me with tasks around the house or, um, you know, a husband that could drive me to doctor's appointments and things. If I was having to manage every aspect of my care alone, there wouldn't be any energy left for this. Um, So I really feel for those people and hope that there's a way for them to find support like I have.
0: How much energy do you have to ration out for your work each week, given that everyday life getting up, eating, and even just washing and going back to bed, <laughs> that is a big is a big deal. Um, but how how much uh, power do you actually have to give to running the business? It
1: probably works out to be about an an hour a day during the week, which is something I've had to work up to. And that's not an hour in one one block. That's 10 minutes at a time sort of thing. Um, I've worked a lot over the last year at automating things and making them as as simple as, as possible but there's only so much you can do in advance. So it does take about an hour a day of my time. My husband does a little bit more than that at the moment. Um, And then I just have to accept that there's things I want to do that won't get done for quite a while, but I'll try and work slowly away at them. You know, I'd like to update our branding, update our logo, but that's going to be six months of work, even though, for a normal business owner that might be done in a week um yeah
0: mm. so you'd really difficult. need to <laughs> need to sort of lay out lists and chart what you are going to do in the future uh so that it doesn't completely pile on top of you uh when you're yeah. just trying to keep running the business as it is
1: yes i've had to really work you know i'm always looking at the big picture um but I've learned to break things down into very small manageable tasks. Um, You know, taking a photo and sharing a photo on Instagram are two different tasks that are done at two different times for me. Um, And, yeah, picking the books for an order and packaging the order are different tasks done at different times. So you really do... Learn to work in these small things, and and you tick them off. You tick them off and go, "Ooh, I've achieved something. That's great!" And you give yourself a giant boost and and feel this great sense of accomplishment for everything that you managed to do. Um, Yeah.
0: I was thinking that when I was looking at your pictures on Instagram, how carefully curated they were, and how good the lighting was, and everything. And and then to (laughs) think to think that how how long. Uh, the average person would spend perfecting an Instagram picture before they put it up is mind-blowing so for you you'd be putting even more thought and effort and framing into it and choosing the book that you're going to have in there and everything
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny because we we use a $15 Kmart lamp Uh, and normally get it done in 10 minutes because they can't stand for longer than 10 minutes. So, And I don't use any filters because it takes too much time. Um, The trickiest part about our social media is that our books do actually move quite quickly and I don't want to be sharing photos of a book that sold a week ago. So I really have to take the photos when they're needed. I I haven't found a way around that because um, I can't really batch create the content because the books might have sold by Friday when I want to use them. So I've, that's why I do it more day to day and set aside that, that time during my day set aside or save that energy for that task. Um, Yeah.
0: How do you source the books that you do sell?
1: We get the books from a whole lot of places We started off by supporting local op shops, which we still do, and we've had conversations with a lot of the op shops because they get too many books. They get far too many books, far more than they can sell, and they'll have boxes and boxes out the back, so they really appreciate us coming in every couple of weeks and clearing them out of a whole heap. But we've found other avenues for books as well, so donations, donations, There's a big one and that's growing and we really appreciate all the donations. And then we work with a couple of waste minimization businesses, which was a bit of a chance. But there's a particular company in Hamilton that goes around and collects electronics and whiteware and books and and everything and redistributes them to try and avoid them getting in landfills. So we work with them to repurpose and rehome the books so that they're not ending up in the landfill um, so that's been a really great partnership that works well for us both.
0: Now, just lastly, Anne-Marie, do you want to tell our listeners how they can uh, uh, access Books for Less NZ and um, have a look at um, what, what you have on offer and how they can, um, can make orders and things like that?
1: So you can find our books online at www.booksforless.co.nz you can browse anytime, but on Tuesday nights we do a special drop, which is where we share our new books for the week. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook or on Instagram, which is Books for Less NZ, and we appreciate every like and every comment, every order. I do a little happy dance if my energy allows.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikatoa. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen.